Welcome everybody to the Safina Society Nothing But Facts live stream as we enter in on day, what, six of Ramadan. So we fasted Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Day five of month of Ramadan, which means tonight is night number six. And today I, f- I figured that month of Ramadan should be different. And what we should do is we should uh, we should read from something different, and that is the thoughtful tafsir of Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali. And he begins with something uh, that uh, the definition of Allah's love of Allah and, his, and, and worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the completeness of one's love, desire, and fear. Kamalul hub and this is not just from Ghazali. This is I read from many different ones, and they 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 discuss this. Kamalul hub, wa kamalul raja, wa kamalul khuf. Okay, completeness of the love of Allah, and also the uh, desire for Allah and fear of Allah. And it derives this from Surah Al-Fatiha. Is when it says Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen, when you have the cons- the sense in your mind that your Creator created you directly is also the creator of every other thing you feel it all of a sudden brings you such a harmony within yourself and a connection between everything and that connection is is what uh the whole civilization is based upon because that civilization is going to be based upon mercy how could you have mercy when you have no connection and connection is 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 the root of mercy so if you look at the rahim the rahmah, mercy, it derives from this letters as is famously said, ra and ha and meem, which also indicates the womb. So the most connection you'll ever have is to your mother. But, and that's where there, are the, there is the most mercy. That's why if people don't have mercy from their mom, they become extremely cold. They have issues. Got boys who grow up without a mom, for example, they, they're really almost like too, too cold. They lack softness of mercy. Okay. Likewise, people who grow up without a father, they lack structure in general, not uh, in, of course, there's going to be exceptions. But the connection to something is what builds mercy, okay? That's where, where, and and mercy is what you need for society. More so, you need justice, of course, but mercy is so important for society. So this rahmah, and that Allah Ta'ala is your creator and everything else is creator, it it puts a love in a person's heart for Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. And that's why all the creation loves their creator. Every Allah says, there is not a single thing except it is constantly in the praise of Allah because it loves its creator. That's the nature of everything you love your creator. You love your mother, right? You're, you love your father. You, you have to have that because that's your origin. And it's not something that you have to be taught. Every baby loves its mom. And loves its dad. And then will love its siblings. Why? Because there's, that's the next level of connection. So the greater the connection, and the more the connection, uh, the, the more the mercy. And the concept of having a creator is that above all these uh, uh, intermediary causes, such as parents, which would make, let's say, me and someone like Omar Abbasi very distant. Like where, where do you think our grandparents meet back? Like way back centuries. You take any person, any two people on the earth, eventually their grandparents will meet back somewhere. Okay? 
they have to meet back somewhere. But it's going to be so far off, it's as if it's nothing, right? But what Allah does in Surah Al-Fatiha, it says, cancel all of that because you have a direct creator, right? You are created directly. Okay? And that's what brings you together. So that concept of rahmah and that concept of togetherness uh, is, is what drives love for the creator and love for everyone else. So that's the mahabba. Uh, Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim makes you hopeful. So that's the raja, that he's merciful. If he's merciful, then he won't let me be asking forever for something that I want for myself. And every single creation, Allah has created it. Just as he's created it to love its creator, he's also created it to desire other things of the creation. Right? It's the fitrah of Allah. Don't try to change it. Don't try to negate it. It's the fitrah of Allah that, on which he created people. So a deer is born immediately. It wants grass. It wants water. It loves water. It loves grass. And that is the medium by which Allah Ta'ala shows his generosity to that creature. Shows his, his, his giving and his mercy to that creature. That it, he has made it desire water. And it will search and search and search to find water. And once it finds water, okay, it becomes happy. Likewise, plants, they have to have the sun. They have to find the sun somehow. Likewise, there's the opposite now. There's fear. Every creation that's come, that comes down, that is created, there is something that it fears. A rock would fear a hammer, right? Would fear something to destroy it. A plant would fear a herbivore. A herbivore would fear carnivore, Okay. A carnivore would fear a human because we're, we've dominated over carnivores. For a long time, there was a back and forth, but ultimately humans have dominated carnivores. So everything fears something of the creation and wants something of the creation. Through these mediums, Allah Ta'ala shows his generosity and shows his strength. And Malik Yawm al-Din, al-Din and al-Dayn, wal-Jaza'u min jins al-Amal, the debt and your reward is in accordance with your deeds. So if you had bad deeds, that this say, this ayah should put some fear in you. So that is khawf. So you have mahabba and raja and khawf. Mahabba, love, raja, desire, and khawf is fear. So when you want to appeal to somebody, you go in that order. But when you want to actually practically build something, you go in the reverse order. When you want to build up somebody, you want to build up your iman. You want to build up your your action. Okay, nothing is a faster catalyst than fear. All right, you got two people. One guy, you have five hundred thousand dollars in a pot in a bag. Okay, first one who gets there gets it. Another guy, he's got a lion behind him chasing him. Who do you think is going to run faster? The one who's running to $500,000 or the one who's running from a lion? Because running from a lion, it's not the lion, it's your life. And it's the sensitivity of pain. Those are far more powerful than anything that you can desire. Logically, to enjoy $500,000, you need to be alive, right? You, what is the point of having $500,000 and getting eaten by a lion or getting chewed up by a lion? What is that? I, how can I enjoy my, my money? So you can't even enjoy good things if you fear for your life. So fear 
is the fastest catalyst to movement. Fear will cause everyone to pay attention. It will cause everyone to change everything that you can do. You, you can at this moment. So fear, although it's the least in persuas- persuasion, it's the fastest in change. Because you don't want to entice, some- you can't, it's hard to entice somebody and keep them long, a long time on fear because fear is something that we hate in our body. So we act to get rid of the feeling of fear and all the hormones that are popping out, okay, that are, that are, that are shooting out of us in our bodies we all of a sudden, we have to remove that. So we got to remove the cause that triggered all those hormones from coming out and all that feeling of fear from coming out. Now, once you do that, you do that quickly. So, so, so fear it, it is a great impetus for change, but it can't last. You can't be afraid for so long. Your f- body will physically have a nervous breakdown and will shut down. Fear, the emotion, can not last for, for a long time. And that's why people will, will succumb to anything. And the oldest thing in the world is that a government will come in, create a boogeyman, and then make you give up your rights just to, to, to be at, at ease from this boogeyman. So we create a boogeyman, create some fear, and a government misuses this fear because they know you can't tolerate this fear, right? Can't be afraid so long. Okay, what is it? What do you need? Okay, sign this bill. This bill means that we can spy on everybody in the country so we make sure that the boogeyman doesn't attack us. Okay, fine, spy on us. As long as we take care of it. So fear is something we have to get rid of. And that's where there is no fleeing from Allah except back to Him. You can't get rid of this fear except by going back to Allah Ta'ala. Nothing else can save you from it. So fear is something it's extremely powerful, but it's, it's life its shelf life and its potency it has a time limit and that's why we have to get rid of it quick and that's why you can't rely on fear for a long-term change only a short term right only short term now what what is it that you can go for a long time but also has to have an end and that is desire right the next level is raja raja being desire Desire is something you can carry it for a long time, but it's all useless if it doesn't have an end in sight. And that's the key. Like you can't desire something. You can, you can desire something and work on it for years and years and years and years. But you, it must have an end. That's the nature of it. Okay? Now, if you tell me at the, at the end of this month, there's going to be a great reward, or at the end of this year, or at the end of two years, there's going to be a great reward. But there has to be an end in sight. I can wait. To, raja is hope. Raja is desire. I can desire. I can hope for a long time. But eventually, if I don't get it, I'm going to lose faith in the person who made me the promise. So, so that's the thing with hope. You can hold it for a long time because it's sweet. It's beautiful. right? It makes you motivated. It's almost the polar opposite of fear. You love hope. You want, and, and so you need constant promises. Okay, don't worry, keep going. You're going to get it. You're going to get it. You need constant promises, constant reminders. But the nature of it, it must have an end. Now, the, the point is, if fear got you to move, hope got you to cruise for a, for a period of time, 
those two things should produce for a person, should produce a lot of love for a person. That's what they should produce. They should produce a mahabba. Okay? And that love has no ends. No limits and no ending. Like fear has a limit, right? Like you can't be so scared. You have to have a limit. Hope also has a limit and it has an end. Okay? But love has no limit and no end. Only when a person has been through these three phases in their taqwa and in their deen and their mu'amala with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala have they truly understood properly. Because there's... Dhulm in the Quran does not only mean oppression. It means nuqsan. Okay? Right. Uh, there, there is a dhulm. Minhum zalimun li nafsi. Allah talks about three types of people. One is ظالمٌ لِنَفْسِ And the other is مُقْتَصِدْ And the other is سَابِقٌ بِالْخَيْرَاتِ Allah describes three types of people. These three types of people is one, he's a believer, but he, sh- he shortchanged himself. ظُلْم in this verse means he shortchanged himself. So if you have only have fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then you only have one third of the matter. Okay. وَمِنْ هُمْ مُقْتَصِدْ the muqtasid is someone, he did his job. He didn't do any more. He didn't do any extra. He just did his fara'id. He avoided his prohibitions. That's it. It's called muqtasid. This person's rajul salih. He's a righteous person. But he didn't do anything more. Then there is, so that is someone like he has fear. He has enough fear. He has hope. But he didn't do anything more. So he's two-thirds of the way there. But then Allah says, Then another one, he surpassed everyone with his good deeds. That's the one who completed everything. So if you if you truly experience the fear that makes you move, then you fear experience hope, and then you receive your reward in this life first, then you will, by nature, two two plus three must equal four, uh, five. Okay, two plus one plus two must equal three. Two plus three must equal five. It has to equal five you must then ha- grow in your heart a love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then that is even superior to rajat because it has no ending. No one could take it away from you and you're not waiting for anyone to complete it. Okay, That's the difference between fear and hope and love. And all three of them, they actually come in this order for most people. Some people, if you're born in the lap of deen and iman, okay, it may be that you taste some of that love right away and that hope right away. But for most people, you start off with some with, with fear, then hope, then love. All right, so this is what Surah Al-Fatiha begins, and then you get the verse that is an oath between Allah Ta'ala and his worshiper. The worshiper, he says, unto you I worship, unto you I seek help. God is to the right path. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, My servant praised me. He's thanked, he's thanked me. He's praised me. He's glorified me. And now he receives whatever he asked for. That means if you fulfilled all three of the conditions of these states, then your du'a will be answered. These are all just opening comments on the nature of Surah Al-Fatiha and how it links with Love, raja, desire, hope, 
and fear. If a person is finding weakness in their iman, they need to just look at one of these three things. Some people, they grew up so strict, they have a weakness in their iman because they don't realize how Allah generous is, how generous Allah is. They don't realize it. They may have not been taught that. If you grew up with someone stingy, for example, if you grew up with somebody who, everyone who has something that they must find, uh, they must blame them, they must find fault in them, right? They must say, oh yeah, they have a lot of money, but their kid is a mess, right? Oh yeah, yeah, they have, they're very handsome, but he's the dumbest guy I've ever met. Oh, she's very beautiful, but her life is a disaster, right? So you meet some people like this. They cannot see anyone with any khair in their life, any goodness in their life, except they must shoot it down. Now, if a kid grows up like that, what is he going to think about generosity? He's going to think that, no, you can't have good things in this life. Okay? Can't be any generosity in this life. If you get something, you got to lose a ton of things. Or the opposite is the case. Where, um, when it comes to Dean, the same thing, but the, the corollary to that, when it comes to Dean, oh, look at these people. No, they, they were never jailed for the sake of Allah. What kind of religion is, are they on? They're all comfortable and happy and everyone loves one. They were never jailed for the sake of Allah. That If you weren't tortured, if you weren't, uh, if, if they weren't uh, punished, if they weren't mistreated, oppressed, then they're not righteous. Only the righteous people, those who get killed, those who get jailed. So that's righteousness. Oh, look at these people laughing and smiling wearing nice clothes that's not the right way the right way is these people with rough hands from so much sujood forehead is miserable from so much sujood right rough clothes everything is sloppy poor that's the righteous person so be careful those little comments that people make and and parents they really don't realize that sometimes they make little comments here and there right they make comments here and there not just parents anybody that is influential right make little comments here and there all of a sudden, a person doesn't believe that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is generous. They don't believe that, oh, there's got to be some misery involved, right? So, the iman is incomplete because they don't believe Allah is generous. They may end up miserable and making other people miserable too. That's the thing. When they become leaders, what do they do? You've got to be miserable. If you're not miserable, you're not on the right track. If you're not so strict that your life is just unbearable, you're not on the right religion. Okay? So that's one side. Now, you can look at, if you remove this ingredient, it's like having a meal. If you remove the burger from a hamburger, the patty, you know, what, what do you have, right? If you remove the bread, yeah, you got a meal, you'll be nourished, but you won't enjoy it. You need the bread, right? So if you removed the generosity, you get this mean religion. It's bad. You're going to burn out of it. It's not practical. It's not, it doesn't touch the heart. Now, you can do the opposite, though. You can have the opposite. You can have a concept where constant, nonstop, it's just always generosity, but that's very bad, too, because that leads to somebody with no structure. So, and this is in Tarbiya, of the mother and the father, they are a reflection of the divine attributes. Okay, which is that the father he has got to put limits. These limits are for your benefit. They're not. It's not against you. When a dad says no, there's limits here. No, you're not going on this trip, 
right? There's limits here. There's work sometimes. There's study sometimes. There's, there's limits here. These limits are guardrails. They're for your benefit. You're driving down a mountain or up a mountain, and in, if you do that in the third world's country, there's, there's, no, there's no one, no, no government came and put barriers there, right? You do that in California, they got barriers, right? I don't think there's a windy road up a mountain in America anymore that doesn't have big metal barriers. At least that if you were to accidentally swerve, you just hit the barrier rather than fall off the cliff. That's what limits are for. And when you got youth, for example, raised on mercy, 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 that kid does not know how to control his emotions. He will never fulfill a duty in his life. Okay, The moment his emotion goes one way, it's extended. There's no one stopping it. And you'll never achieve anything in life if, you're, if you don't have a sense of duty, a sense of resp- that, like, I don't want to do this, but I have to do it. But then again, when I kept doing stuff that I have to do, I, I look back and I find an orderly life. And I enjoy that orderly life. Now I can build upon that orderly life. Okay? And that's all by the concept of responsibilities and duties. Anybody who is also always allowed to do whatever they want, and it's just rahma, 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 generosity, mercy, compassion, no sense of obligation. That's the opposite of the one who was raised upon the stingy God. Okay? That's the opposite. All right? So... Um, uh, uh, you see people there's a shock of their life when they're told something's haram like shocked I can tell right away how you were raised right away I can tell how you were raised you were raised more dominant uh, female attributes by your mom mercy from your mom than rules by your dad I know exactly how you were raised and also I see some people they're like uh, the opposite side more on the fear side hey Oz why are you bringing luggage Ooh, the goods, mashallah. Mashallah, good. I thought you were traveling or something. All right, Oz is here today. So likewise, I could tell somebody who sees like rich people or happy people and immediately has a negative view of them to, to stinginess, raised upon stinginess. So you got to have these two balances uh, of the attributes. And Al-Ghazali calls it Fatihatul Jannah. This is Miftahul Jannah. Al-Fatiha, Miftahul Jannah. Okay? It is a Fatiha. What is it opening? Al-Fatiha. Fatiha to Al-Kitab, obviously. It's opening the book. It's also opening Jannah. Okay? It's also opening paradise for it. Okay? لِأَنَّ أَبْوَابَ الْجَنَّةِ ثَمَانِيَةِ وَمَعَانِيَ الْفَاتِحَةِ ثَمَانِيَةِ Ghazali says, the meanings of, the doors of paradise are eight. The meanings of Fatiha, he's going to count them for us. Right, they're also eight. Okay, they are eight. The meanings of Fatiha are eight. All right, let's see what he, where, where does he say them? Or does he summarize them? Okay. ومعاني الفاتحة ترجع إلى ثمانية فعلم قطعا أن كل قسم منها مفتاح باب من أبواب الجنة. Every one of these meanings will open one of the doors of paradise. That means if you put that in your heart and you act upon that meaning. You will earn in the sight of Allah to be able to enter paradise from one of these. Of course, paradise is only earned, is only gained by the mercy of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The levels within paradise, though, are earned by your deeds. Okay? 
فإن كنت لا تصادف في قلبك الإيمان والتصديق وطلبت فيه المناسبة فدع عنك ما فهمته من ظاهر الجنة فلا يخفى عليك أن كل قسم يفتح باب يفتح باب بستان من بساتين المعرفة. So each one of these doors, these meanings, opens a door for you to understand Allah in a different way, in a better way. This is ma'rifa, is to recognize who Allah is. Right? So you want to complete your recognition. So for example, I, I, you can know who somebody is as a colleague, but do you know them as a neighbor? No. Do you know them as a wife? No. Do you know them as a husband? No. Do you know them as a mother? No. As a son? As a daughter? No. You only know them from one angle. Okay, so your ma'rifa is, it's there, yes, but it's not complete. Okay. Okay. السر في هذا التخصيص أن الجامع بين فنون الفضل وأنواعها الكثيرة يسمى فاضلا. We're reading here from Al-Ghazali, his comments on Surah Al-Fatiha. Ghazali begins with the Basmala saying that, what I love about Ghazali, he doesn't tell you what's already known in other tafsirs. That's that's what's nice about this. وَهِيَ آيَةٌ مِنْ كُلِّ سُورَةٌ According to the Shawafa, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, is a verse of every surah. إِمَّا مَعَ الْآيَةَ الْأُولَى Either it's treated with the first ayah or it's by it, standalone by itself. Okay. Could that in Fatiha, it's an ayah by itself, and in every other surah, it is part of the first ayah. Okay. Alright. وأمر أمر الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم بإظهاره مع قوم تقوم الحجة بقولهم وهم أهل التواتر فلا يظن بهم التطابق على الإخفاء ولا مناجاة الآحاد به حتى لا يتحدث أحد بالإنكار فكانوا يبالغون في حفظ القرآن حتى كانوا يضايقون في الحروف ويمنعون من كتبه فيجب أن يكون طريق تواب القرآن القطع وعن هذا المعنى قطع القاضي رحمه الله لكرم كورن قاضي أياد نو يس نو نو اتبقلان اتبقلان القاضي أياد كيم افتر كذا I'm always thinking of a نووي citing القاضي أياد always so when الغزالي says القاضي he means الباقلاني And the only surah in which there is no basmalah is surah An-Naml. It's in the middle of uh, the, the surah, surah An-Naml. 
uh, al-ibadah, as we said, it's tah- the tahqiq of the ibadah is with the fear and hope and love. And they're always complete, but there's always something that's hovering more than something else. Oz, what do you have? وقوله بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نبأ عن الذات نبأ عن الذات وقوله الرحمن الرحيم so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is what is the mean we say that it is the alam على الذات العلية this is something you should write down on the and if you have any piece of paper or your phone the what do they call how, how do they describe the name Allah they say it is alam على الذات العلية or alamun ala wajib wujud it is the alam the alam is the proper name and it is not a compound word such as al ilah allah's name is not a compound word of al ilah as many people say it means it is merely it is a name that's it okay and the names uh not every word in the arabic language is mushtaq mushtaq means it's a derivative so it's not always a derivative of a root. Let's say the word shajara. Sheen, jim, ra. This three letters gives you different meanings. The meaning of branching off. Okay? The meaning of tree. The meaning of argument. All the meanings refer to something that started as one and became many. Ashijar is we started as one group, we argued, we became different groups. Ashajara. It's a plant that starts with one. It starts with one uh, root, uh, trunk, then it branches out in many. Okay, so that's what we call like a, a word that is mushtaq. But this is ghair mushtaq. The name Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is ghair mushtaq. It is not mushtaq. It is as it is. It is a alam. It is just an indicator and a sign and the proper name of the one who is the highest essence, al-Dhat al-Aliyah. Or you could say it is the proper name, as some of the, mut- the mutakallimin have said, upon the one who exists by necessity. Alamun ala dhat al-aliyya wa alamun ala wajib al-wujud. Then the, Allah has described himself with many other names, but the name Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is a, encompasses all of his names. So you don't say, uh, you say that Allah is ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Okay. But you don't describe Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim as being Allah. Right? Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim is the description of Allah, but not vice versa. Okay, so Allah is the name, and Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim are names which are attributes. And we could go to the meaning of Rahma. You can go to the meaning of Karim, Mujib, all of those things. You can go to those meanings. They have meanings. Whereas Allah Himself, the, the name itself, is a proper name. And that's it. Right, and that's the difference between the lafdul jalala, the na- proper name of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and all of the other attributes. Okay, and these are Rahman and Rahim are the two greatest and the two most beloved names of Allah subhanahu wa taala, and hence the Prophet sallallahu said, the best of names are those that refer to Hamd and Ab. And and uh, and ibadah, 
which are the Hamd being like Ahmed, Muhammad, Mahmud, Hamid, names regarding the praise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then the other Khairul Asma'i Mahumida wa Ubida and Ubida is that you refer to yourself as Abd Allah, Abd al Rahman, Abd al Rahim, Abd al Malik, Abd al Quddus, Abd al Salam, Abd al Mujib, Abd al Majid, all these different names. Now, why is it that Hamd is greater than? Why did the Prophet say that Hamd is a greater name than the Abd names? Reason is that Hamd, it lasts forever. Hamd is the dhikr that continues in Jannah. Whereas Al-Ibadah does not continue in Jannah. Of course we're Ibadullah, but we don't have to do Ibadah in Jannah. So why the Prophet said, And if you notice, very few do we have, have any prophets? Well, we don't know all the names of the prophets. But prophets tend not to be named Abd something. Their attribute is that, of course. But their name is always something else. Why? It's something that will last forever. To our, us doing servitude to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as fasting, observing halal and haram has an end to it. Whereas praise has no end to it. You will praise Allah. The end, the final say, statement of the final call of people in paradise is to say Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. So as a result of that, Hamd is greater than anything else. Hamd is praise mixed with gratitude. That's what Hamd is. I'm praising you out of, for the, with the intent of gratitude. Okay. وَأَنَّهَا تَسْتَدْعِي سَائِرَ الصِّفَاتِ مِنَ الْعِلْمِ وَالْقُدْرَ وَغَيْرِهِمَا Now, here's a name about, here's the thing about mercy. Mercy, it actually, تَسْتَدْعِي, or it, it encompasses, it implies many, many other attributes. Think about this. Mercy implies qudra. Mercy implies power over you. So if I think I'm having mercy over you, that, that by necessity, I have power over you. I could hurt you. I could harm you. By necessity, I have, I have what you don't have, which is power. By necessity, I'm being generous to you. Now, you can't have power over somebody without having will, without having knowledge, without having uh, existence. So a rahma Imam Ghazali goes so far as to say, تَسْتَدْعِي سَائِرْ صِفَاتِ اللَّهِ Okay. He, Imam al-Ghazali even goes so far as to say that mercy, the implication of mercy is that it implies all the other attributes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's why he put it first. Okay, and that's why he says, my mercy encompasses my wrath. In Hadith Qudsi. And he says that it makes you love your creator when you know he's merciful. Well, mercy, isn't mercy only when I'm in pain and when I'm in hardship, then I get mercy? No, not, all, not only that. Mercy also implies generosity. Because asking for something is painful. Having hope. Hope is a type of pain, if you think about it. 
it's almost a type of pain that we put ourselves through willingly. Think about hope. When I want something, wanting something, you know some people who, who, who have who've been disappointed early in life, they never want to have hope, right? They know the pain of an unfulfilled hope. So hope has a type of pain to it. Desire has a type of pain to it. Desire is extremely painful until you're reminded, don't worry, it's coming. It's coming. Then what happens to your pain? It goes down. All right? So you have hope for something. Someone comes to you and says, don't worry about it. It's, it's coming. It's on the way. It's on the way. All right. Like, I'm going to get paid. When am I going to get paid? Then the boss says, don't worry about it. It's coming. It's coming. The pain goes down. So hope is a wonderful thing, but it is also a painful thing. So if Allah is merciful, Rahman, he's also generous because your hope for something will eventually must be answered. Otherwise, you're extending someone in pain. And if you never answer them at all, forget extending them. If you never answer them at all, you break them completely. Okay, you break them completely. And so hence he says, this mercy is filled with raghbah. And it what mo- it's what moves the person to the ta'a of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that's as we said earlier, fear is a faster and stronger impetus, but it has a shorter shelf life because its pain is greater. The pain of fear, the nerves that are going in, the hormones, you're going to be shot. You can't have it too much. Okay? You cannot have it too much. Hope, though, you can have it for an extended period of time. And just a reminder, every once in a while, it's coming. And you, we would love to have it, but it must have an end too. And that's why love is even greater than that, because love doesn't have an end. Hope must have an end. Okay. And he says, notice that there is no mention of divine wrath in Surah Al-Fatiha, because that would have in it Okay. It is hated by people. It is something that will sadden them, scare them, and constrict them. So there's no mention of divine wrath. There is merely an ishara to the day of judgment. Just a mention of the day of judgment. Okay. That he is the owner of the day of judgment. He did not say, you will be judged. He would not say, seek my forgiveness. So it's important to notice that these important themes but they're not mentioned in Fatiha this Fatiha is a Mathani it's something to be recited all the time Mathani it has a meaning of two but it also has a meaning of again repeated the seven oft repeated now if you notice every book has an oft repeated surah the Christians have one right uh, the Lord's Prayer, if I'm not mistaken, the Lord's Prayer is their version. That they repeat that all the time. Al-Fatiha for us is repeated all the time. The core and essence of all of what will earn a person ma'rifat Allah and Jannah and, and, and the uh, uh, summary of the Aqidah is in this surah. And not only the summary of Aqidah, summary of our purpose of life. You cannot lose your purpose of life if you're hearing that there's a path of worship, there's a right path, there's a wrong path. We want to stay away from the people on the wrong path and be with the people on the right path. Like we have struck, it gives you a very broad structure, this surah, in life. Purpose and structure. 
So there's no mention he meant he notices here of punishment, of seeking forgiveness, of anything. Because it's so oft repeated that its themes are all inspiring. Except one mention of the day of death, day of judgment. Now you think what you want of it now. Now Alhamd and Allah. All blessings are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and all praiseworthy qualities are possessed by Allah. So that's where Hamd has two meanings, Shukr has one meaning. Hamd has one two meanings, which is that all praiseworthy qualities belong to Allah. And that's why whenever somebody says, Can a human have something that Allah can't? We say, Yes, unpraiseworthy qualities. That doesn't is there something that you did that Michael Jordan didn't do? Yes. Not make it to the NBA, right? So you don't say that that's a decrease in his qualities. You don't say that you have something that he doesn't have, okay? So that's where uh, many people make this mistake. Oh, we can't have something. We can't be able to do something that the divine can't do. Yes, we can do everything unpraiseworthy. That's what we may possess. And the creator only possesses that which is praiseworthy. Hence, we can, what does Allah say to separate between Jesus being a God and a human? He says, Jesus and Mary, what did they used to do? They used to walk in marketplaces and eat food. Why would you walk into a marketplace? Because I have a need. Does God have needs? No. So a human could have something that God doesn't have, and that is a unpraiseworthy quality, a weakness. That's the meaning of hamd, all praiseworthy quality. Well, what is the meaning of tasbih, subhan? Any meaning of tasbih, subhan rabbi al-ala, subhan rabbi al-azim, subhan Allah bihamdi. The tasbih is the opposite. In our mu'taqad, in our belief, that we are removing any unpraiseworthy quality from his description. From my belief system, from my belief about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I am removing any unpraiseworthy quality, any quality that does not belong to the Creator and is not appropriate for the Creator to be described with, I'm removing that. And that's the meaning of tasbih. Okay? So, at tasbih wal hamd, they go hand in hand. And that's why you want to combine them? Subhanallah wa bihamdi. You combined it. You did tanzi of all attributes that don't belong to Allah Ta'ala, all unpraiseworthy things. I don't believe them about Allah. And all praiseworthy things, I do believe them about Allah. Subhanallah wa bihamdihi. Okay? So that is the meaning of tasbih. So hamd is that Allah has all qualities within him. All praiseworthy qualities. But also, he is the source of all blessings. Okay? He's the source of it all. Hence you say, Alhamdulillah, you don't say Alhamdulillah Fulan, so and so. You don't say Hamd to, to another person because no other person is the source. Another person may be the means, so you can give shukr. Now remember, in everything that we have, there is a source and a means. Allah is the source. We are the means. Okay? We are the, Allah is the source. And the people who give you things are the means. So uh, the means to this, to shifa, to a cure, is this black seed oil? But the source is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now, shukr, in certain ways, you are allowed to speak about the source and the means in the same way. Okay? 
peaceful recluse wants me to address Yes, we're going to address it, but notice that it's, it's in a passive voice. And maghdubi alayhim is those upon whom is Allah's wrath. It's in a passive voice. Okay? And it's almost like they earned it. They went and they earned that. So we will we'll touch upon that. But first, this hamd and the concept here is that you may thank people with shukr. This, you say shukr lillah and you can say shukr is to a person. You may also attribute action, okay, to a, to, you may attribute action to a means and the source. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, يَتَوَفَّكُمْ Allah takes your souls. Allah also says, قُلْ يَتَوَفَّكُمْ مَلَكُ الْمَوْتِ The angel of death takes your souls. Therefore, there is, I can attribute an action to the means and the source at the same time. I can attribute it to the means, the cause, with a different belief about the cause than when I attribute to the source. So if I say the angel of death is coming to take your soul, yeah, we all understand it's by Allah's permission, by Allah's leave, by Allah's command. Nobody imagines that the angel of death is going to take your soul. Angel of death is some autonomous creature that is outside of Allah's control. So we say the same words, but we believe different things about it. That's a very important concept. When you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when you make dua for Allah and you ask a human being for help, two different things. So if I say, hey, I need your help today. Nobody should say, no, you only need Allah's help. No, because I'm saying, I need your help today with the belief that you can only help me by the sake of Allah, but I don't need to express that every single time. Okay, So that's why hamd is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but shukr, shukr, can be for people too. Okay. Woman, this is why he says here, Woman yara min ghayrillahi ni'matan aw yaqsid ghayrallahi subhanahu wa ta'ala bi shukr la min haythu anna musakhru min Allah fa fi tasmiyatihi wa tahmidihi nuqsan bi qadri iltifatihi ila ghayrillah. Okay. If you believe that somebody is helping you independently from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, that'd be kufr. Right? But when we thank people, we thank them knowing that or believing that they are the cause whom Allah chose for us. Allah chose for you to do this for me. And because of that by itself, you deserve shukr. Okay. Okay. How can Allah have mercy upon you when you're when if He doesn't know everything about you? Okay. That's why mercy is incomplete, and that's why our mercy is incomplete. Sometimes we make this is very important. We make conclusions of mercy that are essentially invalid and baseless why your conclusion is based upon a lack of knowledge it's incomplete knowledge oh my gosh he's such a nice guy you believe he's going to go to hell he's such a nice guy he, she was so nice okay that how do you know who she is from what from what a few interactions that you had oh well, she's my friend okay but you don't know what happened in her private life how she treats her husband how he, she treats her kid what happens in her heart okay when bad things happen, 
All right. So you, our mercy is not actually sounds, believe it or not. It's based upon an estimation. It's based upon part knowledge and part ignorance. So that's why our mercy doesn't means nothing. Oh, I don't think it's kind. This that that this this rules here. Oh, I don't th- I don't want them to, to to be punished for that. Wait a second. You're making a judgment on very little knowledge. Allah has all the knowledge. So who's going to have a better judgment at the end of the day? This is why nobody should worry about other people. Yeah, you should worry about them if you can talk to them and convince them. But khalas, if you can't, then what are you worried about them for? Allah takes care of them. He knows their state, and He's more merciful than you. So I don't understand why anyone would worry, right? Also, you, the punishment could be far worse. Yeah, that's true. Like these, uh, if you disbelieve, your punishment should be worse. Yeah, I don't know if anyone heard me. But things could be worse. Things could be, uh, things could be worse if you knew the realities of people, right? You may have had less mercy than what Allah has already shown them. This is a concept of uh, ever imagining that you have more mercy than the Creator. First of all, you can't because you don't have knowledge. Right? You do not have knowledge of the person. Okay. I could break the back of a camel, he said, just by writing a tafsir of Alhamdulillah. The amount of Scrolls would break the back of a camel. Say, Nadi said that if I had, if I was to give a tafsir, write a tafsir of Surah Al-Fatihah, it would take seventy camels to carry it. Alhamd huwa thana is to praise somebody. Was shukr? Thana is to praise somebody, and shukr is to thank them for the blessing. So we're doing complete thana of, of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, and then. Uh, we're giving him gratitude, shukr, for what he's given us. And that's why it's so important to have ni'mah. To have blessings and ni'am is extremely important to pull the thana out of you. So Sayyidina Ali ibn Abi Talib was famously one time seen by his son drinking a cold fruit juice one time. And that was something that the ascetics never used to do. So they, he said, Father, you drink this? He said, I want to... Spring the thanks out of my heart. How? Ni'mah. Okay. Anyone who's a bit down and depressed, all right, why don't you taste some blessings from Allah? It'll move you. Ask for some blessings. Act for it. Have some, Have a goal. Have a mission. Have an adventure. Something to, I'm going to do this, Allah's going to give me this. It'll move you. Okay. He says, that's why it's alhamd. وَتَارَةً بِإِثْبَاتِ التَّفَرُّدْ بِالْكَمَالِ وَتَفَرُّدْ the highest way to praise someone is to say that they are complete. So the most generous, okay, but the most generous guy amongst us, but he also must, might be the weakest, right? He's so generous. Yeah, he's such a nice guy, but he's also weak. All right, how about the strongest? But he's not nice. The strongest, if I tell you the strongest man is about to enter the room, do you have hope of generosity from him? Not necessarily. You have hope of protection. 
If I'm telling you the most generous man is going to walk in this room, chances are he's not going to be the guy that we call on to protect us, right? Attributes in humans are imbalanced. So the greatest quality is to say the best man is we're going to walk in this room. When he say the best, okay, that means all, everything. He's going to be the best to protect us, the best to, to be generous to us, the best person to sit and hang out with and, and be intimate with. Right? So that's why Al-Ghazali says here, Alhamd, it's, it indicates kamal, completeness, right? of all attributes that are good. And that's the greatest way to, 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 to that is the greatest way to praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is by his kamal. والصراط المستقيم is as we're going to see it is the most important thing to be grateful for alhamdulillah rabbil alamin arrahman arrahim malik yawmiddin as he's going to say he's saying what is the most important thing to 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 be thankful for he says it is a sirat al mustaqim but he's going to get to that later What is greater, shukr or sabr? No, shukr. Just as rahma is stronger than ghadab, as we said, it's hope is a higher level than fear. Fear is a faster and it's a cure for everything. Okay? But hope is greater. Hope is far greater. Right? Why? It could last longer. But like so, likewise, as a result of that, shukr is greater than sabr. Because when you have sabr, you have sabr for the sake of Allah, but you hate what, you, what you're being patient on. Right? You hate it. You have poverty. You have whatever. You hate it. You're just dealing with it for the sake, because it's the will of Allah. But shukr is something you love. You want it to stay. You want to last. If you're in the state of sabr, you never want to stay in the state of sabr. Right? If I told one of you, you're going to be in the state of sabr, you're going to be in a state for, for six years. Sabr or shukr? Of course, shukr. Shukr is it's, it's a worship of Allah in, with your heart that is sweet. Sabr is a worship of Allah in your heart that is bitter. So clearly, shukr is greater than sabr. Gratitude is greater than patience. Shukr is gratitude and sabr is patience. Okay. Because shukr... يَصُّرْ عَنَ الْإِرْتِيَاحِ وَالشَّوْقِ وَالْمَحَبَّةِ Shukr derives out of, it derives out of comfort, relaxation. Okay. Whereas sabr, it comes out of the, the will of Allah, fear, okay. dislike, all right. hardship. So people do not like sabr, and they like shukr, and shukr is a greater worship than sabr. Although sabr, often patience, is actually um, a prerequisite to shukr. You can't be grateful unless you don't, you first know how to be patient, because shukr does require some patience. Okay. Al-alamin is divided, either some say that Al-Alamin is only the living things. And others said it is all things. 
And chances are, okay, it is the the most likely. It is all things, not just the living things. Okay. All right. Let's stop here and go to our Q and A session for today. Should we not pray for sabr ourselves then? No, you should pray for ease. You should pray for ease. Okay, pray for ease more than sabr. Pray for Allah to make things easy for you. Look at Murabat al-Hajj teaching. It's a video or a Video of Murabat al-Hajj teaching. I think it's a, oh it's a video. Yeah. You see it? The boy yeah. moving? You see that boy moving? Or is it a or watch again? See? Yeah. That's that's the great Murabat al Hajj who I never got to meet, but our Senate goes back to him through first Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, then Sheikh Salik, then Sheikh Rami, then Sheikh Abdurrahman before that, son of Murabat al Hajj. Never met Murabat al Hajj. But everyone here owes a debt to him. Everyone here owes a debt to him. When you know that when we finished in 2015, I think when we finished the Risala, we taught the whole Risala. Hmm. I took that from Sheikh Sadiq, we took it from Rabbit al Hajj. Taught the whole Risala at MBIC. Hmm. The day, the Sunday before the Khatima, hmm. I had a dream of Rabbit al Hajj. SubhanAllah. And he was happy. He said, You did well. SubhanAllah. I was so happy. SubhanAllah. He was happy with the that we finished uh, Risala. So that's when you have that. And you never met the Sheikh, but at least he's having a dream like that. It's It's really nice. Look at this concert. Interesting. A lot of people here. Syria or Turkey, something. A lot of people. Wow, these are—they're good. Oh, they—they go everywhere and they do this. They just stand in a row. Yeah. Wow. It's like fifty guys. Wow, that's beautiful. That is beautiful. Add real to your story. <coughs> I guess this segment is going through Instagram. <laughs> this segment. Yeah. Here's Habib Omar, showing how Habib Omar makes wudu. To see how Habib Omar makes wudu properly. Hey, there's a lot of benefit from Instagram, to be honest with you. You just have to, you just have to, you just have to not be shared in any other. Uh, you, you can't subscribe to anything else. Yeah. Like if you, I subscribed once to Steph Curry's shots. Yeah. I got all the junk that sports guys watch too. Yeah. Right? I mean, sports guys, if, if people who watch sports, they tend to watch other things too, right? So I got those suggestions. Only when I canceled everything. The everything else. sneaks in like random stuff all the time. Yeah. No, the algorithm is a disaster. It, su- it suggests what it thinks you watch because of other people. Uh, last, last night they... Um, they did the tarawih in Times Square, which is always a... I, I think it's... Controversial a, 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 issue. It's controversial, yeah. but 
Hey, it's a thing now. Look. Props to the cape. So they did it. Right? So, um, I mean, now that they're doing it, right? Plus, Dr. Faraj Hassan is the one who led the Salah. Now that they're doing it, we support it. Why not? Yeah, they say, oh, there's a lot of fisk there. Okay. People know about it across the world, though. Yeah. I yeah. had people in Egypt yeah, asking I'll, me I'm about it. I'm down with it. Yeah. Totally down with it. Yeah, I'm down with it. Is Tarawih Sunnah? Yes, it is, of course. Of course, it's Sunnah. Any number of rakas. But the Masajid, it is Sunnah for the Masajid to establish 20 for the, that what the Sahaba established. But if they establish more or less, it doesn't matter. Can you finish what's on our plate during the adhan of suhoor? No, not, th- not even what's in your mouth. If the adhan of suhoor goes, uh, adhan of fajr, and you have food in your mouth, you can't swallow that. This whole thing of finish what's in your hand, finish what's in your plate, no way. Yeah, people have these like misplaced priorities where they're like, oh no, but we can't waste the food. Yeah, you know, what do you want to waste? You want to waste your fast or you want to waste your food? And you should have thought about that before you took out such a big plate or before you're eating. This is why we do imsak to begin with. You should have observed imsak. Imsak is to stop eating. Back in the old days in the ancient times, in the 80s, there used to be a calendar. And that had two columns. Before the column that says fajr, there was a column that said stop eat. That's what the the column was. Stop eat. The person didn't even know speak English. Right? Yeah. Stop eat. Okay? And that's called imsek, and it's about 15 minutes before fetch. I couldn't concentrate in tarawih at all last night because two people next to me and many others were uncontrollably coughing and sneezing. Should sick people discourage from nothing? They should, sick, the sick who can make noise, who are making noise, who are coughing, who are getting other people sick, should stay home. They should stay home. What are they saying on Instagram? What do you mean by there has to be an end to hope? Hope must have an end. Uh, when you hope for something, you are hoping to attain something, to see something, to look at something, to, to have something. So don't you need it to end? It has to have an end. And that's the difference between hope and love. And that's why the superiority of hope over love, of love over hope is that hope ne- love never has an end. You love something forever. But hope has to have an end. Right? When you're hoping for something, I need to get it. Right? One day I have to achieve it. I have to have it. Does that make sense? All right. Uh, read us that long question there. Someone's asking about Nesk. Uh, I have a Jewish coworker who asked why does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala change his laws? He told him to stick to the commands of your given. Why would he change them? Why do we have different Sharia? Because uh, the, the life is changing. Okay. Ahmed 1281 is here. I wonder who that is. Um, life is changing, that's why. right? Life changes. And people change. So, subhanAllah, we have one, when we have one law, what do they say? They say, oh, but times changed. We're going to follow a law from the ancient times. right? And then when the laws do change, they say, oh, well, why change? Why not just have one law? Because the nature of human beings change. So we'll think about this. For the long time, 
in human history, in the beginning, namely, up to, what, maybe one or two generations, incest, the for prohibition, was to marry your twin. But you could marry your sister, right? Allah created the human being to have a desire for his sister, but not his twin. That's what was forbidden. So Adam and Hawa, they produced twins. Okay? 20 pregnancies. Okay? All with twins. And then the final pregnancy was one child, which is who? Sheath. Why? Because Abel killed Cain. Cain killed Abel. Right? So that decreased the human population down. And at that was a time when the human population needed to be even. So Sheath was was born by himself. And he the prophethood came to him. So every set of births for Hawat was a boy and a girl. The prohibition was to marry your twin. Okay. Later on, it became so that sister, a man could marry two sisters. Like who? Sayyidina Yaqub, for example. Sayyidina Yaqub, he had fled from his brother Rum. You know the story? Yeah, you told it to us before. When? You told it to us uh, like oh, two nights ago. Night, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yaqub, uh, he married two sisters, and there were also two slaves that he married. From those four, he produced the 12 sons of Israel. But sisters, they have great envy to one another. They have a lot of envy towards one another. So when Rahil, the younger sister, she died. She was the mother of Joseph, Sayyidina Yusuf. So because of that, Sayyidina Yaqub gave more love to Yusuf and Binyamin Compensating for the death of Rahil, who died giving birth to Binyamin, Benjamin. So, as a result of that, the mother of the Rahil's older sister became jealous of that, and that jealousy transmitted eventually to the boys. So, oh, he's showing more love for Yaqub, uh, for Yusuf. Okay, well, yeah, because he lost his mother. That's why. So that. Even though she was the mother, she was the aunt, the khala of Yusuf, and the stepmother of Yusuf. But something inside of her had some envy. And what's the proof that she was righteous and she was good to Yusuf, but she couldn't withstand the envy that he's getting more attention than her own sons? Is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala describes them, the parents, as the sun and the moon. In the dream of Yusuf. Prophet Yusuf, of course, has a dream of 11 stars and a sun and a moon. Uh, 11 planets and the sun and the moon prostrating to me. The sun and the moon are the mother and the father. But the mother had died. So who's the mother? The stepmom. His khala. It's his khala. Rahil's sister. Okay? So after seeing that one of the mercies in our sharia is the prohibition the prohibition of a man marrying two sisters one of the reasons behind that is that the great envy that would occur between the two of them a great envy and competition competitiveness that would rise between the two of them and that's why it was forbidden
So there's always constant changes in laws based on how things, how human, human life changes. What doesn't change is the beliefs. That's what's more important. The nature of heaven, the nature of hell, the nature of these things, that's what never changes. Okay. Osman Zubairi said, I, I read and see without sure that those who seek sainthood don't achieve it. No, those who seek, seek it for the wrong reasons don't achieve it. Those who seek wilaya for the magical, seemingly, you know, mystical powers and the attention you're going to get for the wrong reason. But no, we are, it is an act of worship to seek it. Otherwise, why didn't Allah tell us about it? But you ha- why did Allah tell us about it? So he doesn't want us to seek it. Allah gave us maqam ihsan. He gave us wilaya. He gave us the signs of iman so that we could seek those things. He told us about them so we can desire them. But for the right reason, not for the wrong reason. So what he must have meant in see without sure, uh, see without sure is seeking wilaya for the wrong reason. But Allahumma ja'ani min awliya'ak. Yeah, you should just seek to be from the awliya'illah. How do you know, says Abdul Hadi, when you gain wilaya? Well, there are some ways that the awliya used to know is by dreams seen by them or by somebody else. Right? For example, there was one person um, that's, that um, a youth came in and he said that his wife, his newly married wife, had a dream that she was on a mountain. Right? She was on a mountain. And then he gave a tafsir. Later on, he told other people, though, that that youth, <coughs> that's wilaya. Because the mountain is, is wilaya. Okay? That's what a mountain is in the dreams. So sometimes it's seen by the person who didn't even know it. It's sometimes seen by others. Or seeing someone wearing a white turban. There are visions that are done that. But also, most importantly, that their dua is, is being answered now. Anytime that they have a fear or a concern, it's quickly allayed. Anytime they have a desire, it's quickly uh, attained. Their dua is answered. Didn't Ibn Furak say that a wali can't know he's a wali? They, they argued about that, but... It's a minority opinion, though, right? That's not the right opinion. No, he confirms that he can know he's a wali. And what's the proof? The, the sahaba, sahaba knew they were sahaba. Yeah. And that sahaba is a greater rank than wali. Plan C, some people in India say that salah times aren't that set to the minute, so they eat a few minutes after fajr. Why not stop a few minutes? Why, why imagine that it's not set in the direction forward, not backwards? Yeah, so maybe the prayer calendar is wrong. Backwards too, right? So stop eating earlier. That's what he's saying here is a justification to stop eating earlier. Does this make sense? If it's not set, if, if it says on the calendar 510, yes, we don't know who wrote these calendars and how they wrote them. So these calendars are not like explicit knowledge or something, okay? It's not certain knowledge, these calendars, by the way. You don't know who made them or how they made them. So therefore, you have to have a safety buffer. Five minutes before, fetch. At least five minutes, if not more imsec. Maghrib, I wait a little bit. Well, also... What is certain knowledge is if you know the prayer times and you see outside the sky that Maghrib is in. 
at that point, I don't care what the calendar says. If I see that Maghrib is in, Maghrib is in. I know how been looking at the sky for so many years now. If it's not a cloudy day, if it's a clear day out, I know when Maghrib is in. Right? That takes priority over a calendar. So, but if all I have to go with is a calendar, then what I'll do for Maghrib is wait a little bit. Three, four minutes. And I'm telling you the difference, honestly, the difference between the Ammi and the Talib Ilm is the understanding of the sources of knowledge and what the claims yield. The, the claims may yield speculative knowledge, certain knowledge. What is it yielding? Okay. I told one brother this, and he, I said, uh, he said, Maghrib is in. I said, how do you know? He said, the, 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 the app. I said, okay, just wait a little. He said, the app says it's in. I said, we talking about the app as if it's like revealed from heaven. It shattered him. He was shattered the idea that the app's not reliable. Right? And, and, and the thing is that I actually sort of uh, envied him for the blissful ignorance that he was in. Right? He's like a regular Muslim guy. He's not into knowledge or anything. He's a pious guy, but he's not into knowledge. And he wants to be pious. Okay, what am I going to do? I'm going to get the app. Okay? As if like all perfect pious Muslims that make no mistakes have made this app. Right? And in his eyes, everyone who's involved in Islam knows better than him and is more pious than him. I actually missed that. Right? There was a time period, I'm sure everyone went through it, that if you saw somebody with a beard... That guy, that was person was here and you're here, right? And that's how he viewed the world. The Muslims, it's Muslim pro. They made the app, right? They made the app, right? Okay. Right? Yeah, specifically that app is a problem. But he had the shock of his life that I doubted the app. And I said, yeah, I had to teach him though because you can't leave people in ignorance. Like, yeah, app is made by human beings. You don't know how they made it. They do have a percent chance that they can make a mistake. This is not the Catholic Church here where whatever they say is the law, right? We don't have that here, right? So he got the shock of his life, but that is essentially one of the big differences between the common Muslim and uh, the seeker of knowledge. The seeker of knowledge will interrogate the sources of knowledge and will ask now, what type, what degree of certainty it will yield. That concept threw him out for a loop too. Because once he got over the denial, when, once he got over the fact that the apps aren't, do not, uh, can have mistakes in them or they don't yield certain knowledge, he brought, me, he brought the next question of, oh, wait a second. Then all our fasts have been wrong? Then, no, then all of our fasts are invalid? So I said, no. I said, because mistakes in timing does not break your fast. A mistake in timing will definitely does not require kafara. If you know about it for sure, it's a mistake. It requires qada, but not kafara. So the gray area or the middle, the degradation of error was also something new to him. It was like, I was, I've been using this forever. Does that mean my fast is invalid now? My fast doesn't count now? All my fasts don't count. Like he jumped. He has, is white or black? I said, no, there are, there's a gradation here. 
The first one is, you didn't even know that you made a mistake, so we can't even say you made a mistake. Because I don't know when you broke your fast and when Maghrib was. Number two, if you made a mistake and then you, you discovered that you made a mistake, then it's invalid but not sinful. Okay? There's a big difference between invalid and sinful. That is a whole new world for him. Okay? So that's where you start seeing the value of knowledge, but also, honestly, the bliss of ignorance. But you can't, unfortunately, you can't keep people in ignorance if, they're, if they don't know things. A red cheek's here saying, I didn't even know the apps were unreliable. Yeah, because, why? Because we have no actual knowledge how they process this. Also, why would they be reliable? You know, like, yeah. Why is the, the standard that they are reliable? Yeah, and also because of the claim. But but also this to to red cheeks, um, how do you know that when they made the app or whenever the calculation was made, that it was aligned to the same clock you're using, right? Now that might be of less of an issue because we can get the official U.S. time, but then again, they made. Do you know that the, do you know that times change by a couple seconds and a couple minutes just by driving, just by driving, just drive up to North Jersey. Right? The time changed. Right? Just drive south a little bit. Time changed a little bit. So when it says that it's ma- the app is made, right, it, it's going to need to actually know exactly where you are, your coordinates. But anytime you use one of these apps for a major obligation such as fasting, just give it a buffer. You're not going to lose anything for three, four minutes. Then you look outside your app. If it's not cloudy, you become certain that Maghrib is in. You're not losing any. You fasted 18 hours, right? And that's how it's supposed to be anyway. Mm-hmm. Times for prayers, times for fasting. Yeah. It's supposed to be with your eyes. It's supposed yeah, to it's meant by You're it. supposed to do the ijtihad yourself. Yeah. And look outside and see what's the direction of the qibla, for mm-hmm. example. What's the direction of, you know, is it Muslim time, is it Isha time? You're supposed to do that. Like, there's no point in going to this if you have the other yeah. ability to do so. Well, here's another thing. A brother here says that a certain sheikh went out and camped out in the deserts of California and verified that 15 degrees is the most accurate for Fetch. Well, let me tell you this. Why can't we accept this? Because out in England, a group of scholars, not one or two, a whole group went out and they said, we're going to spend the entire month observing Fetch and documenting our findings. Okay? So they found that when they their first few weeks that they did this, their documentation of Fajr was telling them that it's fifteen degrees. By the end of the second by the second week, it was matching aligning with sixteen degrees. By the third week with seventeen by the fourth week with eighteen degrees. Well guess what happened? Their eye got better at seeing the light. The first time they went out there, okay, their eye could not see the light well. They weren't trained. By the end of the month, they could see the light earlier than before. And that's why they confirmed 18 degrees for Fedra coming in, which is the earlier time. Now, if you're totally confused by what 15 and 18 is, there are two opinions on when Fedra, the, the first light even comes in. Okay, and the, you have the horizon here, and you have your sun here. Okay, so the sun is at 18 degrees when the first light comes in. And other calculators have calculated as 15 degrees. So that's the difference. That's the point of difference. 
And there are there is support on both sides. I can't say that there's no support on either side and that your fast would be invalid. I won't say that. Oh, Mimariam has a lot of questions, so let's see this. Also, Mursal Ismail, what is Wilaya? Wilaya is... What is Wilaya and can you marry your cousins? You can marry your cousins, yes. What is Wilaya? It is the highest level of Iman that a Muslim can shoot for, and it has a lot of... There is a path for it, and there is a lot of reward for it. Uh, the, the, the reward of... that The life of the Wali is different from the life of the common believer because Allah treats him differently. And Allah treats him differently. He treats the deen differently. Okay, he he treats ibadah differently. Okay, all right. Let's let's take Umm Maryam's question, asking for a friend. You know it's going to be good now. <laughs> if husband loves his wife, I told you it's going to be good. Husband loves his wife and he cares for her, and he wants to save the marriage. Oh, it turns sour. But so the revert wife feels she and husband are have totally different outlook on life, personalities, cultural difference. Oh. And a part of her wants to leave the marriage due to emotionally being drained. And her past depression is recurring by saying in this marriage. Can she leave the marriage due to these grounds? They're both practicing Muslims. She can leave the... Uh, she can leave the marriage if she is unable to fulfill her obligations to her husband because of the lack of feeling towards the husband she recognizes the husband loves me dearly but i'm not happy in this marriage she cannot fulfill the responsibilities of the marriage because my heart is uh unable to then she can seek a khula but she would ha either he would let her go willingly and if he doesn't want to do that, then she gives back the dowry or something, the sadaq or something similar to that. And uh, and then he can divorce her. So it's a sad situation, but if she's... I'm not a fan of somebody just staying in a marriage uh, for the sake of it. Now, if there are kids, there may be another question. That's another issue. But if there are no kids, or or you don't fear that the divorce will be draining on them on the kids of course it always is then um being miserable and depressed to that degree because you realize the cultures are so different the way we live life is different and you don't want to live with this person there's a reason allah made divorce permitted Should I make intention for qada if i miss salah by one or two minutes according to the adhan calendar if you are certain that you prayed ahead of the time, or sorry, let me put it this way. If you were not certain that the time was in, you have to have certainty that the prayer time is in. Okay? You can't have speculation or doubt. You must be certain. Then you repeat that prayer. What are the benefits of lowering the gaze? Lowering the gaze benefits that you will not desire what you cannot have desiring what you cannot have is torture also um, the benefit of lowering the gaze is that the gaze that is haram it puts a black dot in the heart the more you look the more you keep getting black dots in the heart until they become covered the whole heart 
And what is the punishment of when the heart is covered? The intellect doesn't work properly. Your intellect will not work properly. That's why Allah calls sinners layaqilun. Their intellect does not work properly. Okay. Sophia says, I want to say with Kafara, I looked for videos regarding what to do when you missed fast deliberately. And Qada uh, and Kafara is the question. Yes. Between Qada and Kafara. Qada means you just have to make one day. Kafara means you have to make up one day and you have to feed 60 different poor Muslims and you have to make repentance. Three things in Kafara. Okay. Kafara is only due upon us when we brazenly disrespect the month of Ramadan by breaking the fast or even if we use a, an excuse that is far-fetched. Right? There is a concept, we do have a concept of the far-fetched excuse. We, we call ta'wil ba'id. A far-fetched excuse is one that uh, no, no, it's, it's sort of it's not tied to reality. Yeah, that's the best way to put it. It's not something tied to reality. Like, what is a an acceptable excuse? Someone who, in the middle of the day, starts traveling, then breaks their fast and says, well, I'm traveling. They didn't realize that if you start the day at home, you must finish the day. They didn't know that. It's an acceptable excuse. Far-fetched excuse? I heard that when the Adhan for Fajr goes off, we can finish what's in our hand. Or what's in our plate. That's far-fetched. Someone says, I heard that we could still swallow what we have in our mouth. That's not far-fetched. That's reasonable. Excuse is wrong, but it's reasonable. Okay. I thought we we're allowed to just because they may interpret eating as outside the mouth to inside the mouth. No, eating is determined by swallowing, not putting something in your mouth. So they so we separate between far-fetched misunderstandings and reasonable misunderstandings. And the far-fetched misunderstanding is treated as a brazen disrespect of the month. Okay. Some people say a sign of wilaya is that you have to do hijrah from the homelands. No, not at all. Making hijrah has nothing to do with wilaya. Can I use the inhaler puff while fasting? If you use the inhaler puff, yes, there. I'm telling you there are fatawa for it, but... I'm not, I don't give those fatawa. You can get the mufti to give this fatawa. But the ruling would be that if it's the regular inhaler puff, then no, you cannot take it. If you can't live without the regular inhaler puff, then maybe you don't fast. You're sick. Okay? If it's the emergency inhaler puff that you have to take, again, fatwa said that's permitted. That's a fatwa. But others, uh, according to the ruling, no, vapor is going into your throat. And as a result of that, uh, past your throat, whichever, whether it goes to esophagus or goes to the breathing tube is irrelevant for the sharia, going to your throat. Then you're sick, so you owe a day. Okay? That's kind of reminded of that video where the guy called in and he was like, oh, Sheikh, I accidentally swallowed a whole gyro yeah. in the liter of water. <laughs> and the, yeah. the apple is my fast. Man. And then he says, uh, did Allah feed me and break my fast? Yeah. <laughs> Should we stop cold turkey with phones, TV, entertainment? I think entertainment is not the place in Ramadan. Like, I don't understand, like, even for kids. Like, they don't need to watch movies during Ramadan. 
It's just not the vibe. It's not the time. This is from Jay Perez. There's These other activities that they could do that would be pretty fun. Yeah. To the masturbation. Yeah. And, and, and doesn't always have to be fun all the time. Yeah. That's like, life doesn't always have yeah. to be fun. Or just, like, interesting activities. Like yeah, there's... Pl- stimulation other than entertainment. The masjid is enough stimulation. Kids look forward to just to spend all night until 2, 3 in the morning. In the masjid. Yeah. And then last 10 nights until fetch. They can't, they can't get enough of it. And then they go out. They go, they go eat with their friends somewhere, right? You can't get enough of this. My mom, she'd uh, encourage it. Mm-hmm. She'd let us drink coffee during Ramadan. Oh, okay. We weren't allowed to drink coffee. Yeah. Without, just that was enough for us to yeah. do Yeah. Like uh, now, look, if the let's say a person is married to a woman who, or a man who is just getting in Islam, right? And that fasting itself is enough of a achievement, then you have to use your judgment call. If you are at a certain level of expectation and discipline, and 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 devotion. You're married to somebody who's at a different level. You have to use your wise judgment call. Okay, so don't take that answer from me. Take the answer from yourself. Right? You are the one tested with that situation, so you're the one who makes the decision. And and inshallah, whatever pious piety you're putting into it, Allah will accept from you. But you have to make that decision. Uh, or eye, eye drops? No, eye drops can break the fast because they 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 can possibly it is potentially go into the tear duct from the tear duct. Down to down, it is possible. Brushing the teeth while fasting is makruh, yes, because you could swallow something and uh, and definitely should not be brushing your tongue. That energizes and that would nullify you, but it will be nullified by going down into your throat. Uh, Red cheek says, "What about paying kafara money?" Or some people have fidya; they can never fast, so they have to pay one fidya per day. What if I can do it? to another country, which is more affordable, is that permitted? The answer is yes. It's always better to give it in your country because that's where you committed the infraction. But if they have exorbitant amounts of money due against you because of years without fasting, then the answer is yes. You may, you are permitted to translate it to another, let's say hypothetically, let's say rupees, right? You can't do that. It is permitted. And you could do a lot of kafara at one time all right let's see this question here sarah sayed a family member sent a message to recite a specific surah x number of times for a benefit uh there will be no harm in doing it number one as for the benefit yes you may believe you are allowed to believe that there would be that benefit if that is someone's experience for example if a scholar said um, that reciting Yasin three times will let you get X, Y, and Z. And I tried it, and it worked for me. We are allowed to believe that. But we don't believe that it's Sunnah. That's the difference. We believe it's in the realm of Nafila, not Sunnah of the Prophet So that's the difference. Can you use a miswak in fasting? Yes, the entire time. Dry miswak, not the moist, fresh one. Oh yeah, you can't order. You definitely can't get. You can't definitely get mint, mint to miswak or anything. Yeah, no, no. You definitely can't get artificially flavored. Mm. 
if I stopped eating by the end of the minute of the then, is my fast still acceptable? If you are in a masjid, you have to go by the prayer, by, by that, you have to respect that prayer time. If he calls the then, you have to stop eating. If you're in a masjid and he calls the then for fajr, you stop eating. Do awliya get inspiration of events are happening in the future when they meet people? Maybe, maybe not. Not necessarily. By the way, not necessarily. It's not like a, a thing. Is dry miswak allowed? What was Nat Franco's question over there on Instagram? Dry miswak allowed for brushing during the day? Yes, you can use dry miswak all day. Here, all day. But the chefes, I think they have to stop at Sasr. Where is Ryan? Ryan has graduated from Safina Society. He will come back, inshallah, to, to help out and to teach with us and to be part of our program, of our dawah later on, inshallah, after a couple years. Is it permissible for a Muslim who receives a jury summons to serve on a jury? Try to excuse yourself. But. It's kind of hard to. Uh, excuse yourself? No, no, the opposite. Yeah, it's very rare to actually get chosen as a jury. Yeah. They always ask you what kind of bumper stickers you have. Really? Yeah, because that shows your political leanings. Now they do uh, on Zoom. Oh, yeah, on Zoom. Yeah, and it's so easy. I just, you know, woke up at like 10. Yeah. You just kind of have to sit there. It's like doing homework for the whole time. Yeah. They're like, you can go. Are extended release caffeine pills okay to use? Yes. I use them. They're amazing. Yeah, um, isn't food extended release, right? Yeah, right. Like um, meat is extended release. My my right. sister, she was like telling my aunt about this. They don't know too much about Islam, and they were like, you know, doesn't that defeat the purpose of fasting? What is that's a extended release. Yeah. Bin Suleiman says, Amu, can you expand on the concept of barakah uh, and how it relates to the attributes of Allah and manifested in our life? Barakah means increase okay a barakah is an increase and increase in everything increase in time increase in good things increase in uh, good relationships barakah is gained by doing good things to parents to the poor to the vulnerable and by doing a lot of ibadah and dhikr it increases barakah Calling upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala increases in barakah. All of these things increase in barakah. So barakah is an increase. Maryam Jahami says, When getting to know a person for the purpose of marriage, should a woman involve her wali from day one? I would think so, and I would also think that if the man isn't asking for the presence of the wali, or that the wali knows that we're meeting, then he's suspect. Am I right? Like, yes, you're going to get to know the wedding, but but would the man, would if he's a pious and upright Muslim man, which not everyone knows the rules, not everyone knows things, so he could be a good guy, but people just may not know. But it's expected, I would expect, if a Muslim is going to get to know a woman who had never been married before, right? She doesn't know the, right? She's never been married before, it's her first time. Wouldn't he 
also say, hey, you know, does can I meet your dad? You know, he should take that initiative too. If he doesn't, then you tell him, listen, you want to talk? You want to sit and get to know each other and come over to my house and talk? Here's my dad's phone number calling. I have, well, I, 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 I've seen people do this and they gain so much respect. They've done it and they gain so much respect. I've also seen some guys see the dad's phone number and run away like they li- they saw a lion. Why? You're not com- doing something wrong, right? You're doing something right. Okay. I think a lot of fathers nowadays also like are, are not going about it the right way. They do. Oh, the like, fathers are the issue. What else? What? How? Because I feel like when the guy like asks for the number of the father, the yeah. father kind of sees it and like he doesn't look from the Islamic perspective. Rather, he kind of sees the guy as like, oh, why are you asking for Like he sees it kind of disrespectful. I don't know. If that's bizarre. Mind. I don't know if you agree with that. That's bizarre. Also. Well, you know what's easier is have the mom call the mom. That's another easier thing. And and there are circumstances where none of that may work. In which case, you do not want to prolong any intimate conversation or any setting of an intimate conversation. All right, you don't want to prolong that at all. I think it, I think it seems bold. Maybe that's the word. So a lot of I've seen it happen, like where fathers are like. So okay, what's what, what's the other route? What is the other route? That's bizarre. So we need to have now father-in-law classes. We need to teach the father-in-laws. By the way, Mawadda had their, the famous Mawadda iftar last Sunday. Well, there was an even number of men and women. Okay, it was sold out. Well, not, it was not sold out. It was registration, but completely packed. I didn't go, but I saw people there. That I had never seen in the masjid before. Like I, I showed up after, yeah. I showed up what at like eight thirty in the masjid, and there were still some people there, after the iftar, like I had never seen them before. But they had like name badges and everything. Yeah, yeah. So I knew that there were people. People need help to get married. Yeah. What can you do? How many people were there? Do you think? Like seventy. There's thirty-five and thirty-five. So. And then you that. would see them in taraweeh. Wearing the name badge, huh? you know, I would see them in yeah, yeah. I was like, bro, you could have at least taken it. <laughs> yeah, health insurance is haram, but made halal out of a dire need because the costs are so crazy. The costs of medical help is so insane these days. That's the only reason why health insurance is permitted. So that's the answer to Mariam's question: is that I think that. The, the, the guy should be asking that question. And if not, if he doesn't know any better, then yeah, then uh, you should get, have the parent, mother, wali involved in some capacity. If somebody claims that you will get your answer of a dua in a certain number of days, can we believe that? I don't think so. I don't believe that. I don't think we should take those numbers seriously. You can hope for it, but no guarantees. The Prophet never spoke like that, right? Uh, you should just have, be hopeful for Ijab. Don't say one day, two days, 21 days. That's not how it works. Okay. All right, next question here. This woman convert has no kids. 
She can't reciprocate the same emotions. The husband's totally in love with her. Just because someone loves you does not mean you're going to love them or you have to love them. This is very important. Someone may love you. You do not have to love them back. You have to understand that. All right? Because now you have haraj. You have awkwardness. You have force here. You have... Okay? So don't... If she has to get the, the, the divorce, she has to get the divorce. It is not her business that someone is pining over her or loving her so much. And likewise, it goes the other way. Some women, they chase after men. They love the man so much, he doesn't love her back. That's It happens. There is no responsibility. There is no obligation to love everyone who loves you. It's just how it is. Othman, Oz's beard regimen is getting some propositions here. When do they even see me? It's not right. They see you. Tell them, the, say a stuff for and vert your gates. No, there's a guy. Oh, who is it? Well, you thought it was a woman? No, either. It doesn't matter. Um, Bin Suleiman. I don't even know who this guy no, is. No, it was uh, probably the, the little picture. You know, the little, you know, the little caricatures that people could put up here. Are they gone or what? You know those caricatures that you made them. Well, really <laughs> the yeah, little those emojis. Characters. Those emojis. Click on one of those. See that's yeah, us. but like you can't really see your beard on them. Yeah. How does one know they seek the night of power? Laylatul Qadr has signs. The sign of it is that the sun rises the next day. Perfectly clear. No fuzziness. Okay. <laughs> Oz thought a sister was praising his beard. That's like no. Even the brothers, uh, uh, man. You never know. Praising yourself. <laughs> yes, Oz is a uh, popular figure in the singles clubs, uh, in the singles Single world. Clubs. He is an eligible bachelor. He's in medical school, okay? So he's a very eligible bachelor. And maybe we need to start... Oz, when is it? When are you ready? No, not ready? now. Not now? Why? Huh? Let's make some money first, then we'll figure it out, inshallah. Okay, he wants to go there and make some money first. Fair enough. Does the kafara apply to each day where the fast was broken intentionally? Yes. Every day you broke the fast intentionally, you owe that. If you miss the entire month, and the month is 30 days, you owe that. Not if you're Hanafi. If you're Hanafi? It doesn't apply. It's only one. It so the one who breaks one fast in Hanafi fiqh yeah. and 30 fasts in Hanafi fiqh. Doesn't accumulate. What? So it's like, if you do, if you break one, it's like you have, obviously until the end of your life, to make up the 60. But if you, if it, if there's a multiple, it doesn't accumulate. But, and Oh, but you can't choose between fasting and feeding. No, you have to, I think you have to do kafara. You have to, no, you have but to, you have to fast. Yeah, yeah, you have to fast. That's a difference. You all heard that? Actually, I don't know, actually. I have to, I have to pick, you find I'm out. I'm sure we'll, you have to fast. You have, you see in Hanafi fiqh, it doesn't yeah, accumulate. But you have to fast. Yeah. Yeah, have to In the Madaki fiqh, it accumulates, but you have the choice of feeding or fasting. And they don't have to do one qabah and 60. They just do the 60. Yeah, we have to do it. You have to make up the fast, yeah. and you have to feed 60 p different poor Muslims yeah. for each day. Yeah. Okay. No, it's 60 fasts and feed. For, for Hanafi, yeah, you have to do 60, 60 fasts. Fast. Yeah, so we have the choice in Madaki fiqh. Yeah. You can choose between fasting or feeding. But that's only if you intentionally break the fast, right? Is it for Malikis, is it like if you miss, you said if you miss it, it also is kathara, right? Every single day. 
okay. For us, it's like, even if you miss it, it's not. You just have One to wake time. up. You don't have to do kafara even. Only if you break it intentionally or you have intercourse, which yeah. counts as break. Wait, what? Oh, you don't have to make it up? No, then, then that's kafara. Yeah, kafara. Only if you eat intentionally, you have intercourse intentionally or like take medicine or something intentionally. Yeah. Then you have to do kafara. Besides that, you don't have to. Mm. If you accidentally eat, do you have to do qada and Hanafi fiqh? No. It, the fast still, it still counts. This guy's fasting? Only if you actually put in water while you're doing wudu, for example, then yeah. you have to make it up. Uh-huh. But eating the Hanafi is still, still All right, so you got your Hanafi pro tip there? <laughs> Hanafi fiqh. If you break many, many, many fasts for the month, per month, it's one kafara, but you do not have the choice. You must fast 60 straight days. I'm not sure about the fidya, though. I'm, I'm pretty sure it's what you're saying. Yeah. You have to look into it before you. Okay, you got that? That's the answer of for Nuri's question. Now, Lily Rose says, good way to memorize is putting on the wall that which you want to memorize. Oh, totally, totally. When I was young, I was putting the charts for grammar all over the apartment wall that we lived in. It was all charts. And wherever you walked, you see a chart. You memorized it. A couple more questions before we go. What are some tips that work for 9 to 5, but they want to spend the night in worship? If you Oh, what if you work 9 to 5? That's rough. Take your vacation days in the last 10 nights, if you can. Take your vacation days. It's worth it. Last ten. Let's say you get ten vacations. Okay, take five of them in last ten nights, and five of them for another time of the year, right? But you would probably only do a little bit of tarawih in the masjid, then go home. You have to do. You do not have to do all twenty to get the reward of tarawih. What's the best age to get married? Living in the West, I would say as soon as you start. If you're a man. So you start working and being able to support a family. Young, yeah. What's this? Oh, this fiqh, this is a Madiki fiqh book it's, it's that is charts. all charts. The whole thing is charts. Madiki fiqh. The whole thing is lists and charts. Yeah. That's that. Was that is amazing. I think that people of this era yeah. learn better from a picture. Because we've gotten dumbed down, I think. Look at this. Just The whole thing is just charts and pictures. Yeah. Right? And it flows downwards. Actually, yeah. like one really amazing thing. Like uh, studying with Sheikh Zuhair. His whole mind is a flow chart. Yeah. Everything, it starts, there's some top level concepts. Yep. And it just flows down and down and down and mm-hmm. down. It's crazy. It's Anything, all flow charts. It could be broken up into a chart. Yeah. What about a, a Muhammadat? Muhammad, everything. You have just the same. Wow. The whole thing here. Yeah, usually it's sold out on um, on the Arabic bookstores. But really who, who, who's the author of this? Uh, a bunch of people. Uh, uh, it's like a council. Qawaid, usul, yeah. fiqh of the family. How about tijara? Al Muhammadat wal Jinayat, yes it does. Al Usra wal Muhammadat wal Jinayat. Excellent. Excellent. This is part of our library here, right? Keep that here. 
Actually, keep it keep it on my desk because I want to be able to read it all the time. Um, I would say if you work nine to five, you fast, you break your fast, you're gonna pray in tarawih couple rakas, right? Two, four, six, eight, whatever rakas. Could be home at a reasonable time. Wake up about forty minutes before fajr to hajjud, uh, suhoor to hajjud. So now you're in a reasonable schedule. Come home, you take a quick nap. That's how it was. I did work nine to five at some point in life. So that's what I did. You can't do four hours of sleep consistently. It's too much. Can you do a stream on Laylatul Qadr? Yes, inshallah. Extended relief release pills, we answered that. And we said yes, permitted for you. Where did you get this huge miswak? This is Puerto Rican, the Puerto Rican store in, in New Haven, Connecticut. How old is it? This? Yeah. I've, I've had this miswax since 20, 2009. Really? Yes. <laughs> what? 2009, bro. What? <laughs> yeah. Jamil Sanchez got it for me from the Puerto Rican store in New Haven, Connecticut. <laughs> the miswak is older than some people watching the stream. That's so true. <laughs> That's is it makruh to constantly marry cousins? No. If you cough up phlegm, if you have the ability to spit it out, you must spit it out. Can you brush your tongue with the miswak? Yes, as long as the miswak is a dry miswak, not a moist one. If a sister enjoys drinking recreationally and is pursuing a righteous man for marriage, does the family have to disclose her drinking to him? The family is convinced she will change. I'm wondering if they're sinful for hiding it. What I know is what is sinful for hiding is the um, the sexual deficiencies, such as inability to have a baby or something like that she the, the family does not have to disclose her bad habits it is upon him to go and ask around about the sister if he marries a woman and he never asked about her that's his problem nobody has to go around disclosing their sins okay that's the truth and the opposite is the case too what you must disclose is anything that would hinder the purpose of marriage which is the, the intimacy element of marriage and the production of children element of marriage. Okay. Chocolate Wallace's divorce impact on kids is incalculable. I, agree, I would tend to agree with that. Can't use a wet miswak whether it's moist in itself or made wet by water. No, don't use that. Is it kufr to refer to people by pronouns that are not true? It's not treated kufr as maximum is treated as a lie because you're just basically saying something that's not true. Can a single woman perform umrah? Yes. Um, 
yes, uh, they, they permitted that. Especially if, if the way is safe and the group is safe, then yes. Hajj and Umrah is okay. Oh, he's talking about the, the, the Saudi rules. Salman, I don't know about, no, the Saudi rules allow it. If you're, you're going with a group, yeah. What is the shortest and best salawat to recite? Allahumma salli wa sallam alayhi. It's the shortest and best. Okay. We do not have any updates on Hajj. No updates. And here we are entering into Eid. We're going to be soon finished with Ramadan with no updates. What is a better preferred doing? Many short sighas of dhikr or less long, but longer sighas? Whatever touches your heart. Is love pre- a prerequisite for a successful marriage? You can't know if you love someone beforehand. You you become you you love. I think is something that develops, right? You can have that. There is a. You can clearly see that there's attraction, and I like this person, and love will develop with piety. Both sides are pious to Allah and towards each other, right? They fear Allah with regard to one another. The Allah will create the love between them. BT says, what's your advice trying to bring back a brother that's lost his way in being a dai? Okay, so this question is about a man, a brother. He is a da'iya, and he lost his way as a da'iya? Then to keep the company of scholars. He should keep the company of students of knowledge and scholars. Knowledge is the cure in that case. Um... When should a child start fasting? They should really start trying at six, seven, eight, like quarter of a day, half a day. Then until Asr, right? Then until Maghrib. By nine, ten, they should be physically capable to fast until the full day. What's going on here? A lot of discussion back and forth that I have to sift through. I guess it's good that people talk to each other. She knows how to cook, is well educated, but just drinks on special occasions. Well, if I know that, I would definitely not let my son marry such a woman, right? And if it, if, if it, there was a guy who was a very good guy, but he smokes weed every once in a while when he's stressed out, I would also say to my daughter... No, I would say no. Find someone else. There's plenty of people out there. But uh, I tend to believe in the philosophy, the view that how you find the person is how they're going to be forever, right? Of course, that's not everyone changes, but when you when you come into a marriage, that's what you should expect. Anything if if it changes and they become better, that's good. But no, I mean. If the way that they are now, that's how they'll be, and that's what your daughter will be like. So the best advice is that's your daughter right now. In 20 years, that's your daughter. Your daughter is, she is, is cooks, she's educated, and she drinks a little bit on special occasions. Is that what you want your daughter to be? Then marry this girl, right? If not, then don't. How can a mom with little kids be closer to this Ramadan let's say maybe single mother with kids 
then put the kids sleep early. Put the kids to sleep early. Then you either you pray tarawih by yourself or you get a babysitter. Trustworthy babysitter and you go to the masjid to pray tarawih. If you feel like I need to go to the masjid to, because I, it's hard for me to pray tarawih by myself. By the way, tarawih can be prayed any surahs, any length, any number. There's no set number that you have to that counts to, to, to make it count as tarawih. Maybe that's the Hanafi method. It's 20 or bust in the Hanafi school. Okay? But not in the medical school. I feel bad sometimes because I feel like I'm praising the Prophet and not Allah when I'm making salawat. Uh, this is a common mistake. How? When you are saying Allahumma. Allah. You're saying Allah's name first. Allahumma. It is a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Salli wa sallim alayhi. Number one. Number two. Is not Allah commanded you to do this? As a sunnah? As a nafila? So therefore you're fulfilling Allah's command. Is not Allah the Prophet, the beloved of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Okay? So therefore, you are pleasing Allah when you do this. And did not the Prophet permit a sahabi and tell him that and re, he will be greatly rewarded if all of his extra dhikr is salah on the Prophet. So therefore you should, that's shaitan getting in your head. Are the children obligated to fast at 10? No, they're obligated to fast on puberty, upon puberty. But they should be prepared well in advance before that. Sophia says we had this discussion in the WhatsApp group they discouraged the pre- this practice regarding the fasting of children. Why did they discourage the half day and the? They discouraged that. How are the, how else are they going to learn? Someone asked me why I wear hijab. I have religious reasons. That's it. There's no other reason. Let's be honest. There is no other reason that a woman wears hijab except Allah commanded her to. That's it. It's for religious reasons. There's no. Um, other reason for that oh no 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 he meant uh, that they okay sorry I now understand Sophia is saying that they discouraged that they not fast until Buluh yeah so it's not obligatory until Buluh but they should definitely be fasting well in advance why so that their first year fasting is not their first uh, their first year obligated to fast is not their first attempt at fasting so they should be fasting well in advance of that. Two, three years. Okay. Chocolate Wallow likes that piece of advice. It's very important. You see the person that you're going to marry, that's your daughter in 20 years. You see the guy that you're going to marry, that's your son in 20 years. That's the solution. What are they cooking down there? Fish? Tuna fish? They're cooking something down there. Is working at McDonald's haram? Yes, because the, 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 the meat is, is not halal. It's, it's meta. My kids fasted the whole fast at eight years old, not half a day. Okay, so there we go. Bushra Begum gives you an example. 
That's the thing. That's why we have a community. Because when you're looking around and say, all the nine-year-olds are fully fasting, and my nine-year-old is still fasting until dhuhr, right? Half day. I know that I'm not putting enough pedal to the metal. How many tar- units of tarawih in the Madiki school? Any amount. But the masajid is sunnah for them to establish 20. Recommended only. Lightly recommended. Not even like a sunnah market or anything. I can't fast due to taking medicine and I need uh, medicine that I need to take. What do I do? If you permanently can never ever fast ever for the rest of your life, then you pay fidya. If you are only can fast, can't fast this year or, or this week, then you make qadha. Can Maliki give sadaqat al-fitr in money? Yes, inshallah. Or you can give it to a wakil like the masjid and we buy honey, we buy oil, we buy rice. It's actually one of the nicest days of the year. You should come to the house. When we take the zakat al-fitr, usually in the last oh, 10 yeah. nights, right? Honey, oil, rice, right? Sugar, wheat, like flour. What else do they get? You know, like all this stuff that it will never rot and it's everyone uses it. Salt. Everything that's the daily usages of people in, in there. Uh, what is the best, what is Madiki books you recommend having in your home? Arabic or English, I need to know. I need to know Arabic or English. We're, we're weak in our English. Madiki uh, is weak. Nat Franco says, what is the recommended route for someone who wants to be a student of knowledge? Start by studying aqidah. Uh, start by studying aqidah, and even after that or before that, the lives of the four imams and their methodologies, and then pick one, and then study that fiqh. Use your intellect to study the lives and methodologies of the four imams, and see which is most worthy of following. Okay, and study their fiqh. That guy, please let my make dua my mom lets me come to Atikaf at MBIC this month. All right, anyone wants to come to MBIC Atikaf last ten nights? Okay, we have um, last ten nights. We have we we have a blast. All right, Atikaf is something else. It really is a blast. Tarawiyah. Nats from Qari Zahid. About twenty thirty minute breather. Okay. Tea is being sold outside these days. You, you notice that? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. Tea and coffee stand oh, outside. Homemade. Yeah. Um, you get that. You get a drink. Walk around a little bit. See your friends a little bit. And we do. We have a serious intensive dhikr session. One hour. Then the food comes around. The snacks come around. Some guys go out to quick check. Whatever. Bring some snacks out. Halal... Uh, Restaurant comes, get some wings. We eat that right in the musalla. Take another break after that. People can take a short sleep or pray on their own. Then there's a jama'ah of um, qiyam, tahajjud, and jama'ah. Then straight to suhoor. And depending on who's in control of the menu, the suhoor can be American, Egyptian, Desi, right? 
and then, huh? The masjid. Everyone. No, no, no. The masjid administration will get it for you. Yeah, they're prepared at uh, Saud every night. Full, full, full Saud. And full iftar. The Mu'atakifin. Get the whole thing. Yeah, they can go for food. Shafi's can go for food. Yeah, the Shawafi can go for food. Yep. You know that? Shawafi can go to IHA. Yeah. We can't do that? No, I don't think so. If you step outside the boundary, you're very fast. Yeah, it's nullified. Yeah, All right, so uh, we have a great last 10 nights. How should one respond when asked where I wear hijab? I, uh, so we answered that, but then he said they were curious about the religion. He said, yes, our religion requires us to cover. Like, just not so much different from the Virgin Mary. You have to dress like that. Women cover their hair. Men grow a beard. Everyone wears loose clothes. We basically cover our bodies in general in our religion. What? You say like, oh, it's my personal choice. Yeah, yeah pers- if that's your personal choice, you got issues. No, I'm saying like people nowadays, like they're not accepting what they're No, they don't accept. They don't accept that you have a higher authority and a, and, and a God. But if you say, oh, it's my personal choice, it's my identity, I'm like, what? you're weird then. Why would you do this? Yeah. Right? So many things, we only do it for the sake of Allah. Then Allah makes us love it afterwards, right? Truth be told, right? Uh, by the way, you know what really is one of the best things is a very small iftar. Small iftar. Right? It happened to me by accident two times in a row. Like just late, couldn't do it. Do it. Okay. Um, and the small iftar, I thought I'd be upset about it, but I felt like great. Then afterwards you have a small snack after. after you know what the thing is? Mentally, you feel like you're obligated to eat a lot yeah. it's just like in your mind it doesn't make sense yeah, like, you're mentally yeah you're just like yo i haven't eaten all day yeah and it doesn't feel right if you eat a little yeah. so like you don't listen to your stomach oftentimes like if you eat just a little bit then you go pray and then you come back you're you're kind of like you eat a couple bites and then you're like i don't really yeah. need that much more but your brain is telling you no no i gotta eat i gotta load well, up well you know what else it is too is that the hostess is putting out a, like a uh, yeah. A whole spread. Your eyes get hungry when you see it. Yeah. And also, I feel bad. It's like yeah. you rolled all that mashi, right? I yeah. got to eat it now, right? Yeah, yeah. You cooked all this meat. Like, what's gonna what's gonna happen with all this food? I, the host is gonna feel like wasted their time and energy on this, right? So that's one of the one of the the uh, things that forces a person a little bit. You feel bad yeah. leaving them to have cooked all this food, right? Should I put my kids in a piano class? No. We don't play those instruments. Is the jilbab fard, says Lana. No, it's not fard. As long as the clothes is loose, whether it's one piece or two pieces, it doesn't make difference. It has to be loose. Okay. What if it's a, like a skirt and a long... Sh- yeah, that's not, what's wrong with that? As long as the clothes is loose in Islam, that's all that requ- is required. It doesn't have to be a certain type of clothes. Like a jilbab, doesn't have to be. As long as it's loose. Okay. 
Nuri says about the medhabs, it's like choosing a doctor. Yes, it is. It's exactly right with her analogy there, or his analogy. It's you choose the imam most worthy of following, and you follow. Likewise, you use your mind. You investigate the institutes out there, the online institutes out there, that are most worthy of studying from. And then once you make that decision, you stick with it. That's the right way to do things in life. You use your mind to decide, okay, um, Use your mind to decide which teacher to take, and then you just stick with that teacher. Okay. Where can you we get this ring? I looked at your store at Safina Side, but couldn't find it. So we do have one left in the Masjid store. Okay, one left. But you can look up Zikr ring. That's what it called. Z I K R. Zikr. Yeah. Ali Raghab is saying, "What about chess?" Chess, no problem. No problem with chess. Probably better chess that teaches them sabr. Because they have to think in advance. I actually think it's probably... Probably maybe even better than some subjects at school. Because it makes them think two, three in advance. It makes them be patient. All right, you got a piece here. I'm not just going to eat that piece. I'm going to wait. I'm going to think. And that's a thing that's lost in our day and age. Slow thinking. Of course, the fuqaha had rulings on this. What do you mean studying the four imams' methodologies? Their usul? Yes, because the usul is rational. Usul is a rational subject. You can study their biographies and the basic methods of their, the basic methods, right? Of how they, what their uh, methodology was of deriving rulings. You can study that. Yeah, you can you can learn it. You can study it. It's not going to take that long. You're not going deep in usul. It's just what what differentiates Malik from Shafi'i, from Abu Hanifa, from Ahmed. That we can all know that it's not that difficult. In the Maliki school, do they separate between what comes from amal and which comes from ijtihad? Yes, one hundred percent. They always separate. Lana says, what about the ayah in Surah Al-Ahzab about Jilbab? I have heard that Jilbab described as one piece that is not tight or see-through. No. Um, no, it's not. وَلْيَضْرِبْنَ بِخُمُرُهِنَّ عَلَىٰ جُلْيُبِهِنَّ Is that the ayah that she's mentioning? Um... Yeah, I may, I must. Uh, she must be talking about a different ayah. But no, the jilbab is not fard. It does not have to be one piece. What is one piece um, is what what is the obligation in the Quran is that the head cover covers the chest. Today, there's prophetic iftar at the masjid. By the way. You know that? Prophetic. Do you do you eat prophetic iftar? Do you go to prophetic iftar? Why? What? Pasta, mac and cheese for iftar. That is disgusting. Um,
You 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 have we see the, when you young people can eat as much pasta as you want. For us, it's this game over if we do that stuff. No, we're not doing that stuff. Surah Al Ahzab. Surah Al Ahzab. Ayat Al Hijab and Surah Al Ahzab. It's not coming to my mind. I have to look it up. Asaf Al Shadid. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم وقرن في بيوتكن ولا تبرجنا تبرج الجاهلية الأولى وأقمنا الصلاة وآتينا الزكاة وأطعنا الله ورسوله أو before that يعني سأل النبي لستنك أحد من سأل نتقيتنا فلا تقضان بالقول في أطماء الذي في قلبه مرض وقلنا قول معروفة لنا you're about to get fired from asking questions Who is this Lana anyway? From New Jersey or no? Ya ayyuhan nabi Qul li azwajika banatika wa nisa'il mu'minin Yudinin alayhinna min jalabibihin Shuf shaykhna al-baghawi Madhaqa Surat al-Ahzab معنا الجلابيب It's good to take questions and it makes you think to study Okay, we're almost there and we are there. All right, here we go. Exact meaning of the Jalabib in the Quran. الملاءة التي تشتمل بها المرأة فوق الدرع والخمار وقال ابن عباس وعبيدة أمر, النساء أمر, أمر نساء المؤمنين أن يغطين رؤوسهن ووجوههن بالجلابيب إلا عينا واحدة ليعلم أنها حرائر أنهن حرائر so it is not, it is meaningly simply saying the top covering, head covering. It is not saying a full garment. Top covering. Hair, right, all the way around. That's think, what it means here. I think some of the face, they interpret this ayah to mean that it has to be one covering uh, all the way down, which is why you see some of the Malaysian ladies, uh, they, you know, they wear like one piece. Yeah, Iran yeah. too. The Iranians wear that too, right? In Iran, in Iran, I think so that. too. It's yeah. probably the same understanding. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but n- notice what the ayah is saying. Cover yourselves with these long sheets. The loose. It, the, the ruling though is the loose clothes. That's the ruling. Whether it's one garment or two two garments, there is no obligation that it has to be one garment. That's the answer. Okay. 
All right. Jazakum Allah khairan. Subhanakallahumma wa bihamdik. Nashadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfiruk wa natubu ilayk. Wal asr. Inna al-insana lafi khusr. Illa al-ladhina amanu wa aminu al-salihat. Wa tawasaw bil-haq. Wa tawasaw bil-sabr. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Oh